working in a donut shop at the age of six years old. My parents, they worked countless hours. We had a 24-hour bakery that we operated, and that's DK's Donuts in Santa Monica. That's me, Lee Tao. I'm Kara Duffy, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. robot is vacuuming uh so just give it like 20 seconds okay it's good (laughs) (laughs) that is the first time that we've had to pause the like going forward with the podcast because of a robot so that's exciting (laughs) well i i have been looking forward to this conversation ever since i watched uh the donut king documentary And I love documentaries. I love finding ones that are quirky or interesting. And I've lived in Southern California for over 10 years now and saw the donut shops, was like, something's going on here. Never thought about the story behind it. And it was such an interesting story. And your story in particular was really interesting to me because you're bringing so many parts of the legacy and the heritage and the story with everything modern, hence the iRobot that's currently vacuuming, into the picture. So that's what I'm excited to talk to you about today. Let's dive right in and tell everyone your name, where you are in the world, and what you're up to. My name is Mealy Tao. I'm in Los Angeles, California, and I'm super excited to be here and chat with you. So let's tell everybody about your, you're doing so many things. Where do you want to begin? Where do you think we should begin the story of all the things that you're up to? Well, I think before we begin to what I'm up to now, I think we have to dive into what I've done in the past. And I always say that because you have to kind of know your past in order to kind of guide your present future. So um, I was born here in Southern California, just another Southern California girl. My parents were both refugees and they came over here because of the Khmer Rouge. Um, Essentially, it was a genocide that happened in Cambodia, displaced them, and they sought asylum here in America. Luckily, they were granted the asylum here and realized that there were another set of problems. When you're going to a whole new country, you don't know the language, you are coming with like all your friends and family, all your family, and you've just survived this war, which is very traumatic. And my mom, you know, she started off working off as a seamstress. She worked for a penny a piece. My dad, actually, he was picked up at LAX by Uncle Ted, who you see in the Donut King documentary, and there were maple bars in the back seat. So you kind of see how this is set up for my mom. She saved up enough money with her brothers and was able to lease a donut shop. That donut shop ended up being from my dad's family. And uh, my dad, you know, he went straight into donuts. That was just on my dad's side. Everybody had a donut shop. Uh, My uncle even started a bakery supply company. Uh, my, My auntie has a croissant factory, you know, so it's all in my family of this, these family of entrepreneurs that are into donuts and baked goods. And my parents, they met, ranged, they came here, um, and they had me. 
And, um, you know, lo and behold, I'm working in a donut shop at the age of six years old. My parents, they worked countless hours. We had a 24-hour bakery that we operated, and that's DK's Donuts in Santa Monica. And I spent afternoons there. I spent weekends there. I went to Costco. I was riding on the back of an orange cart with my dad getting supplies. You know, this is what a little bit of my childhood was like. I went away to college. And I was like, I'm never coming back to this bakery again. Like I, this is plan B, you know, if, if it gets really, really bad, I will just come back. But I'm going to study really hard. My mom's like, you know what? You should be a news reporter. People love your personality. And I was like, all right, mom, I'm going to do that. So I'm studying communications at UCSD. I'm also commuting back and forth to help my parents still on the weekends because they need help. And essentially I graduated. Um, but the but the month before I graduated, I had actually interned at a news station and I realized that I absolutely hated it. And in despair, I was just again so confused. You're going to college and you study for this one thing, and then at the end you decide, actually, I don't want to do that. So in September, I came back and helped and came back and helped my parents at the bakery again. And I remember dragging my feet through the bakery and just being like, what am I doing here? I wasted so much time and so much money and energy. But this time I had a different outlook and I had a vision that I don't think my family really believed that it could become. And I, my vision was, I believe that we have a great product and a great service here. I want to make this the most popular donut shop in the entire world. How I was going to get there, I wasn't sure at that point, but it was all tiny baby steps. And within the next 10 years, I blew up the business to over 90K followers, worldwide attention. We have the Donut King film. We were doing donuts for you know, all sorts of large companies like Netflix, Hulu. Um, we even delivered some to like NASA. I mean, we were just everywhere at all at once. And I did that through the power of social media. And I did that through marketing mm -hmm. and really just perseverance and working really, really hard. And, you know, after 40 long years, my mom decided to retire and we decided to sell the donut shop, which was so much of my identity for so long. And the Donut King film had just come out like a few years before. So we were getting people that would see us on a airplane, you know, they, and they'd come and visit us. And we, we were getting so busy with what we we're doing. But, you know, I think it was really time for my mom to take into account her health. And she essentially was like, I'm ready to sell it. And I said, you know, that's okay with me. I, I hope I fulfilled your dream of, of this donut shop. And for me, I physically could not stand on my feet anymore. I developed plantar fasciitis in my foot because I was standing for like eight to 20 hours a day working at the donut shop. So I physically couldn't take it over. But I believe we had a really great, great, great run. But that's how I came up with the name donut princess. <laughs> and so I spent the next year kind of, I don't know, struggling with my identity. Like, who am I? Like, I'm, I'm not, I don't have this donut shop anymore. Am I still the donut princess? Like, what, mm -hmm. like, who am I? And so much of my identity was attached to the shop. So I definitely feel like I struggled a little bit with the mourning of 
you know, letting go of a small business. Mm-hmm. And so I spent that year traveling and I also wrote a book. It's about my mom's journey over here from Cambodia to America and also our legacy through donuts. And just to see my mom hold that book in her hands for the first time was an insane and incredible experience. Just to know that I thought that her story was worthwhile and worth telling. And I always believe that representation matters. So I spent the next next year kind of going on a book tour, talking, uh, public speaking, and really sharing the story because I've always wanted to write this book since I was eight years old. But my mom was like, no, 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 no. You're not going to be an author. You're going to be a business person. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, okay, mom, you know, I'm just, and I was very, you know, for me and my culture, like respecting my parents was such a big thing. Yeah. And because they went through a whole genocide and didn't get to have an education, that was like their thing. They're like, please just get an education. Like we wish we could have, but we didn't. And so now we're here, we're in the present. And (laughs) I, um, you know, I started a podcast and I've just been really gravitating towards things that spark joy, things that I want to explore that could potentially be my passion. Mm -hmm. And um, so currently I have my podcast. It's the Donut Princess podcast, short and sweet. I uplift AAPI leaders. I empower women and I share small business tips. I just had wished that there was a podcast when I was younger that could explore different careers, different entrepreneurial stories and share that. I wish those resources were available when I was younger. They weren't, but now I want to create that. I want to memorialize these stories and uplift these Mm -hmm. people. I make content for brands. So that's been a great journey too, of like really sparking that creativity of being a woman. And again, finding the topics and the niches that really speak to me. I, um, what else do I do? I mean, I feel like I do a lot. I've got some really exciting ideas for content for my personal brand that are coming up. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I've just been diligently working on that. On the side, I help Uh, I consult for brands with social media because that's essentially what I did with my business. And I either, you know, tell them exactly how to grow and what type of content to shoot, or sometimes they'll hire me on to create content for them. But um, I'm going to be releasing like a little content course later on this year. And again, I just think because we live in such a digital age, there's no reason why we can't still you know, memorialize or just keep these pieces of information for the next generation. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think what I find most interesting about your approach is that you have an idea and you're like, okay, let's start it. Let's make it. And there aren't a lot of people who have that confidence. You know, I I think there's been more people on this podcast that have that confidence than not based on kind of who we're bringing into the conversation. But where, where did that come from? Like, was it from your, what you saw your family doing? Was it from a, there's nothing to lose approach? Cause so many people get stopped in the, I have an idea now what? And they never take that first or second step. So where have you learned to just try it? Keep going. If it's a good idea, let's test it out. I believe I got that trait actually from my mom because 
in everything that she does, she always says, don't wait too long, you know, and I translate that to strike the iron when it's hot. And it's, it occurs in so many things that she's taught me. Like, for example, really small things like, Hey, if you, if somebody gets you a, a Tupperware of food, make sure you wash the Tupperware and return it back to them really fast. Or if you see like, there's a lot of boxes around, like make sure you clean up fast because otherwise they're just going to be there. Um, and when she needs something to be done, she wants it done like, <laughs> like five seconds ago. And I think that's really trained me to not sleep on an idea, um, especially to see what she's been through and the mm. preciousness of life in general. And I feel like there's just such limited time. I know that yeah. we, you know, when you were in our like uh, teens and twenties, we're like, we have the rest of our life ahead of us. But now that I'm like in my thirties, I'm like, there needs to be more time in the day. I, there's so much I want to get done. There's so much I want to leave for this next generation. And that just starts with taking action every day. Yeah. It's, there's so many things that, you know, tr people, I think like you and I who are in the let's make things and let's build it and let's like, why not space? We always have a list way bigger than what we're actually working on. And I, from, I'm so, I'm an impatient person by nature. I've been working on it. It's one of the things I've been working on most of my life. Me too. <laughs> but it's like the, why are we waiting? Like whether it's to go to a great new restaurant that opened or to start an idea or like, it's like, what are we waiting for? Like there's, we can spend our days in the regular routine of like, wake up and work out and go to work and make dinner and go back to bed and dishes and laundry. But none of that is filling up at least my soul Yeah. in the same way that doing things and doing things with people is in the same way. Um, but of course that also leads to finding balance. So what do you do to find balance in bringing your new ideas to market and also maintaining your own health and well-being? So I would say I had like before we, when we had the shop, there was no sense of work-life balance. It was work hundred percent of the day yeah. and it was really hard to turn it off but now that the shop is done and i've been really filling my cup with like different different activities and different things that i really enjoy what i found that really helps is one thing that i always do is like i used to do is overbook myself and sometimes i i catch myself doing that again because again i want it to be a productive day i want to just get it done but what i realized which is uh that the result of that is burnout mm -hmm. and the lack of time to uh, like participate in self-care. And I really love self-care things. Like I love taking baths. I love working out. I love going on walks. I love like listening to audiobooks. I love just deconnecting from my work and my phone for a little bit. And I feel like that has really helped me to learn balance. Another thing that I I'm learning more and more as I go on, along is if I want to get a project done, instead of putting all this pressure to do it on one day, I'll break it up in different days. I'll break it up in like different, you know, sections. So it's more digestible for me. It's actually more, um, I feel more prepared instead of frazzled. 
and I'm really able to get it done and feel less stressed. That's just been like a really, really big thing, like a big breakthrough for me because I want to do so many things all at once. Mm -hmm. I want to spend a little bit of time talking about your kind of digital marketing approach. You, you know, how at least it's laid out in the Donut King is your family shop was following a very traditional model and you, what you saw opportunities to really have fun and be competitive and to bring so much marketable storytelling into it. Um, was it a matter of like, why aren't we doing this? You know, you mentioned before you wanted to be the you know most well-known and biggest donut shop in the world, but like, it was such a creative approach to things. Were you be, who were you being inspired by? Where were you thinking like, we should do that? Oh, here's something else we could do. Because you really were transforming it into something so much bigger than the traditional approach. I believe that my approach was I wanted something for everyone. It was inclusivity and diversity. And to be honest, I did not actually have that vulnerability at first with my brand. I actually hid behind my brand for a really long time because I was mm-hmm. like, I don't want to be associated with it. But as time went on, I was like, oh no, I have to be the face of this company. I have mm-hmm. to speak out and and tell the story that maybe other brands aren't doing right now. I just like, for me, I always want to be the first at things and I want to be yeah. really different. And I want to really approach it from a different perspective. And I don't know if it's because I know that my parents went through so much and I just feel so lucky to be here that I'm like, I don't have much to lose. Mm-hmm. Or if it's more uh, this like spontaneity, uh, creativity that I have in me that's like, let's just try it. Like, it's not going to hurt. Let's just try it. And with that, though, it comes with a lot of persistence and a lot of mm-hmm. consistency. But I feel that with my brand, um, I just... I just wanted to have fun with it. I just wanted to figure out a different way to solve this issue. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, like just really enjoy and enjoy my own growth with that. Because if it was successful, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I did that. And if it was a failure, I'd probably be sad about it for a little bit. But I'd be like, okay, what else can we do? Mm-hmm. Well, and there's just so much fun brought into it. Like even though you were you were trying and testing new things, there just seemed to be a level of of bringing joy back into it as well, whether it was like the crazy donut ideas or the different themes. There, I saw you having like bringing joy back into a business model that was a lot of copy paste for different people because that model worked. You know, yeah. people are going in and wanting the same thing often. So you're like, great, we're going to keep our regular customers happy. But you saw that missing opportunity to bring in people who are looking for something more mm-hmm. and who wanted excitement in this kind of, in this everyday space. How are you translating that into the accounts that you're working on today for social media and marketing? Well, it's pretty crazy how much the algorithms have changed, the structure has changed, even the favorability in how we consume media. And, you know, when I started back in the day, it was like photos, maybe carousels, and that was it. And then stories came in, more video content became more popular. And what I feel that is, is the most fun and creative part of creating 
with brands now is not it's not oh it's not donuts it's it could be you know burgers it could be dentistry it could be pilates it could be a nonprofit you know it could be anything the thing is on social media now your business has the opportunity to live as an entity it ha- it it has its own platform that you can talk about whatever you want but you also have a more informed audience who knows that they're getting bombarded with, mm-hmm. you know, buy this, subscribe <laughs> to this, join this. And so that's where I feel that the storytelling aspect and the branding really will set brands apart, aside from also having an amazing product, service, and ambiance. And I feel that the reason why I enjoy it so much is because it's always a new challenge. And there are a lot of things that are stored in my head that I know have worked before. And what I always come back to is creating your community, finding your audience and speaking to them and showing them that you hear them and you're here to solve that issue. You're here to solve that pain point. It's There's not enough, I think, focus on to your point, the community and the storytelling that you want to do. I think everyone gets so sucked into the science of digital marketing and they're not thinking about the art and the actual relationship side because that's really what allows everyone to be their own unicorn as well. Like I want to hear about you and your story and what makes you interesting and unique and less about you know, what you're doing to optimize the current algorithm. And I think it's been so frustrating for so many of the businesses that I work with where they just want to know that they can set and forget like an Instagram plan. And I'm like, I wish we could. And we can, if it's like, you just need one to function, but we really can't if you want to grow. And for small business owners, it's overwhelming because there's so many things to do, as you know, (laughs) And it's, it's one of the biggest pain points. Like, do I have to get on TikTok now? Do I have to go to video? Do I have to add this next new thing? And of course you don't have to, it's all like what goes back to your plan. And I think we, in all of the things that we think we should do that we see other people doing, we forget to even ask basic questions. Like, is our audience even there? Mm -hmm. I definitely agree. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. And like, I think, There's just, yeah, some small businesses think like it's like a cookie cutter thing. It's like, okay, I'll, you know, pay for your consulting or I'll pay for you to make content. And, but it's, it, it needs soul. It needs (laughs) the driving factor. It needs vulnerability. It needs, it needs more than just a picture or a video. It needs to strike a chord with someone. It needs to show emotion. It needs to show hard work. There are so many different angles you can take with social media, but again, it takes time and work and planning. And a lot of small business owners just simply don't have that time. They're too busy putting out all these other fires, which I understand. Like I was there (laughs) putting out the fires and doing the social media. And that's why I always think that, you know, finding the right person to handle your social media, if you're a business owner out there and you really want someone who's informed and passionate and dedicated to your story and brand and everything around it, that's the type of person you want. You don't really want someone who's just going to take a few pictures, do a few videos. Like there's, there's more to it. There's way yeah. more. And there's a bigger holistic marketing story that needs to be told. Um, 
Yeah, I've had so many clients call and say, I need a Twitter strategy. And I'm like, I don't think you have a product yet. Like maybe we figure that out first. (laughs) Let's let's go back. Yeah. Um, You know, when you look at the, how your life has evolved, obviously I think I've asked a lot of people on the podcast, would eight-year-old you be surprised of where you are now? And I think eight-year-old you, based on what you've said, might've been thought your two choices were donuts or anything else. But, you know, if you really look at it, what about eight-year-old you, do you see showing up in what you're doing now? Absolutely. 100%. Eight-year-old me is out and thriving right now. She (laughs) wrote the book that she's always wanted to write, even though her mom said no, probably a million times before she said yes. She's getting to create content and make magic every day, either with brands or with my personal brand and really kind of discovering who that inner child is again. And I'm having so much fun right now. I am just in this state of discovery. And it's also just like, again, a little bit more balanced than how life was before, even though it was so rewarding to you know, get up at 4am and make sure everything was great and fill these large orders and be the face and do all that. That was awesome. And that was a great chapter. But eight-year-old me is having the time of her life right now, (laughs) just trying to figure out again and letting, I think the big thing is that I'm letting myself explore. And that is a new thing, right? Because before I, before all of this, I was like listening to my parents. I was trying to be a good girl. I was trying to just make them happy. And now I'm really discovering that I'm, I have my own path of happiness and that's okay. You know, when you think of the words powerful and ladies, do they mean something different to you when they're separate versus when they're next to each other? Yeah, I believe that they have different meanings when they're put together and separate. Um, Powerful on its own. I don't know. I grew up where it's, I mean, it's still a masculine dominated society, but like when you think of powerful, you're thinking like more masculine power, like physical power or political power, Mm -hmm. something of that. When you think of ladies, ladies is like, kind of gentle and, you know, it's feminine and it's polite and it could refer to like, if you think of the, like the image of ladies, it could be any, a lot of different images, but when you put the two together, powerful ladies, those two is like a force you can't reckon with. Women are the backbone of our society and they hold so much together. They are so powerful. So they have so much inner strength that I see just, again, being a little bit older now and seeing what women have to go through, especially through the career, balancing their spouse, you know, pregnancy, having kids. And I haven't even embarked on these two chapters yet. So I am extremely terrified, but to see what women can do and create and be is an incredible thing to see. And I, that's, that's why on my podcast, I primarily interview women because I I'm, I'm obsessed with what the women are doing out there. And all I want to do is also help them in the way that I love, which is storytelling. And I think that powerful ladies is 
an incredible and amazing um, addition to any team, you know, like if there's a women leader, like, you know, like it's going down (laughs) and I, I respect powerful ladies so much. When you think of someone who has grown up in LA, who's the typical California girl, you don't think of someone who is waking up at 4 a.m. How was your California experience different than maybe your peers or the people you're going to school with? And how did that impact how you view the world today? Well, my days waking up at 4 a.m., spending a lot of time at the shop, spending overnight shifts at the shop, doing deliveries, picking up supplies. I mean, there were a lot of things that I was doing that my peers were simply not, you know, my peers were like at tech companies, they were at, you know, corporate, like there was a different flow to their lifestyle and to, to the way my life was. And well, my Southern California experience growing up here I always felt different because I was doing activities that just really my peers were not up to. Like they were going to the beach, going to the mall, um, going to the movies. They were just, you know, they were chilling or they had a corporate job or a tech job. Um, And for me, you know, I was really like hands on with the business. I was waking Mm -hmm. up at 4 a.m. I was doing deliveries, picking up supplies, um, dealing with a lot of worker drama, I mean, the list goes on and on. I was like answering calls like while while at dinner and putting out fires all like all throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And I would say that, you know, my friends, I think my younger friends would tease me about it. And I was always really stuck between these two worlds. I still feel like I kind of am. But my college friends and beyond, I think that they were really compassionate and understanding. They're like, how? how are you doing this? Like, whoa, like Melee, like this is some crazy stuff you're up to. Like, this is not normal. And we respect you for that. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad that I got to have those types of friends in my life because um, what that looked like is, you know, as the business grew, either I was super busy, but sometimes I would get to go to the beach with them, you know, maybe not as often as they went to the beach, but I, I did yeah. get to go to the beach with them. I did get to go on trips. You know, there's there's definitely memories of me at like a Vegas beach club where I'm like posting on Instagram and like (laughs) answering phone calls. But I mean, that was like my idea of balance is like, I would love Mm -hmm. to still hang out with my friends, go on trips and explore, but still come back and work really hard and plan for the next Mm -hmm. day, the next week, the next month. So my experience is very unique. I actually even used to write poems as a kid and talk about this in between world that I was in mm-hmm. and the Robert Frost poem of like taking the world less traveled. I'm so glad I, I did that. And I'm also really glad that I had and developed friends that really understood me and really respected what I did. For me, I always would know what the struggles of people are going through. I might not know exactly, but I do have an idea of it. And for me, my contribution to them is acknowledging and recognizing them for it. And that goes such a long way of showing that compassion of like, I know you had a rough week, like you deserve this, or this is for you. I got this for you. Like you've been working so hard and I know how hard it is to juggle. And I just, 
there's something that really calls me to keep doing that for a lot of my entrepreneur friends, because you just need that little boost to keep going sometimes. And I know because when I was working at the shop, some customers would come in and they'd acknowledge me. And that went so far for me. It gave me more energy, a more boost that someone out there could understand what I'm doing and just look at me like a human being. Because in entrepreneurial life, you're not seen as a human being sometimes. You're seen as a robot or a overruling ruler. But you know, again, I feel like compassion is such a big root of this human connection. And, you know, the entrepreneur journal, the entrepreneurial journey is, is tough. It's it gets lonely and it, you get misunderstood. But again, I think it's way more worthwhile and you have more or less control of how your life is going to go. We asked everyone on the podcast where you put yourself on the powerful lady scale. If zero is average everyday human and 10 is the most powerful lady you can imagine, where would you put yourself on the scale today and on an average day? Mm, today, today would be like, today's an eight. It's a good day. I think on average, it's like a six or seven. And that's just because I'm just hard on myself. That's like, that's again, something I'm working towards mm-hmm. and something I know a lot of us are dealing with. I, I, I'm just hard on myself because I just want to do so many things. Um, but I'm slowly learning that I need to make myself happy, make sure I'm taken care of and then go out there and share my gifts with people. But yeah, that would be my scale for today and for average. What are you looking forward to for the back half of this year? I can't believe that it's almost the back half of this year, but I'm really looking forward to getting to know myself. I'm really looking forward to this new chapter, these new ideas that I have. And I'm excited. I'm also going to get married next year. And congratulations. Personal things are happening. And that's really exciting. And I'm just excited to deepen my relationship with my mom. I think that before it was like business, 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 business. And most of our conversations were about that, but really showing her this love and creating the space for her where she can feel loved and spend time, like actual quality time with each other. I think I'm really, really looking forward to that. Um, And I've got, again, some, some upcoming things that are kind of secret right now. So again, I'm really just excited for new beginnings, new chapters, new identity, and just growth overall. I love asking everyone, what do you need? What's on your to manifest list, your wish list? This community is powerful and connected and loves to collaborate and support each other. And I really believe that you never know who has that next key that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. So what are some things that you need that we can help you create? Right now I need, I need an editor for, to edit the content that I'm doing. I'm doing it right now and it's great. And obviously every entrepreneur wants to put every little touch on everything, but that takes up the most of my time. So an editor, um, maybe looking for a new podcast editor, um, just because it's, it's just a little inconsistent for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking for more brands to work with. So anything with the health and wellness space, Asian Americans, 
food, um, anything in that realm. And I'm really just looking for the community of women that is super supportive. And mm-hmm. I'm just, I just want to find those types of women who will see what you're up to and go, bam, I want to connect you with this person because I know this person has a lot of knowledge. And why? Because I would do the exact same for anybody in my in my network. And personally, I just need to, again, practice more balance and learn to love myself more. Okay. Amazing. And for the first editor that you need, is that video content editing? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Video so content or YouTube uh, editing, that would be mm-hmm. amazing. Okay. Well, I have some people I can send your way already. Um, you know, we, I love what you're up to. I love your energy. I love the like really just heart led pure space that you come from and what you're trying to create. Um, it's who I, why I started this podcast and who I want to be surrounded myself with as well. And I just want to say thank you for doing the work you've done and being so dedicated. It's what you've taken on and created everything on its own is such a big thing. And you've done so many of them. Writing a book is a huge issue, not a huge issue, a huge deal. Um, you know, transforming your family business and what you did with, with social media, huge deal. Having your own consulting agency, huge deal. And now adding the podcast on and everything else that you're doing, you know, having, being a multipreneur is not, you're in a very small percentage of people in that space. So I want to acknowledge you for believing in yourself and making it happen and maintaining the energy to keep saying yes when things are crossing your path because it can be easy to get defeated or overwhelmed. And I'm, yeah, I'm happy that you haven't, you keep seeing the possibilities of everything. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me, seriously. And that's just exactly what I need to hear today. Now oh, yay. Nine. Now I'm <laughs> <laughs> Well, for everyone who wants to support you, hire you, work with you, be on your podcast, where can they find, connect, and follow you? You guys can find me on Instagram at Maylee Tao. That's M-A-Y-L-Y-T-A-O. I also have a business Instagram at Donut Princess LA, D-O-N-U-T-P-R-I-N-C-E-S-S-L-A. Um, also donutprincessla.com. You can order a donut bouquet. So that's another thing I forgot to mention. That's a little side thing is we make and deliver donut bouquets as well. But that's the site where you can also find a link to the book and uh, a little bit more about me and my donut princess journey. I have a podcast called Short and Sweet, a donut princess podcast. You can find that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. And if you haven't watched the Donut King film already, definitely watch it so you can educate yourself on Southern California donut shops and what Cambodians contributed to that. And that that's my great uncle who, who started and pioneered that. And yeah, send me a message. I would love to connect. I, again, there's always so many rooms for possibilities. I love networking and connecting. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say thank you for your time and for letting me tell my story here with you and for all the amazing affirmative words that you gave me today. More energy to you. All the links to connect with Mealy, all the things she's up to, her book, her podcast, and the Donut King documentary 
are in our show notes at thepowerfulladies.com. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening and leave us a rating and review. Come join us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. And if you're looking to connect directly with me, visit caraduffy.com or cara underscore duffy on Instagram. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.